You're listening to a 58 Ember production. Hey everyone, I'm your host Emily and welcome to Sideline Edit. Here I'll be curating and breaking down what's trending in the world of sports on and off the field. I'll leave you with just the right amount of information so that you can join in on any sports conversation and not feel totally lost. You'll know what the big game of the week was, what event to be on the lookout for next, what team is hot, who had the best game day fit, because trust me, the game day fashion is elite. And I'll also just be filling you in on who some of these main characters are so that you can get a better understanding of why I and so many other people out there are just so obsessed with the world of sports. And I always say, I truly think sports are the best reality TV out there. And so I'm excited for you to see that too. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome back or welcome to an episode of Sideline Edit. I'm your host, Emily, and what a week in the sports world. This is such a great time of the year, maybe the best time of the year. Because we have this overlap of so many sports across professional and college and there's just so much to dive into. And before I dive into Formula One this week, I want to give a brief second for tennis because the pro tennis season is officially over and I love watching tennis matches. I think it is so underrated if you've never watched a tennis match before. And one of my favorite people to watch is Novak Djokovic. And even if you're not into tennis, you probably recognize his name. He's one of the biggest tennis players, if not biggest ever. And he's currently 36 years old. And so normally he's like 15 years older than any of the people that he's playing. And this season, Novak reached the final at all four majors, winning all of them except for Wimbledon. He's currently ranked world number one, and he's just someone who is so fun to watch even when he's down in a match, just to like watch him come back, not give up, and honestly, just like one of my favorite people to watch. I think tennis is getting a lot of young new players to watch and quite a few young Americans to watch too. Once the tennis season comes back, I will let you know because especially these bigger title games like a Wimbledon, it is just so fun to follow up with. And so that is my little second on tennis. And now let's go ahead and dive into Formula One this week. And so this week we had the Las Vegas Grand Prix, and this was the first time racing in Vegas in recent years. I think the last time they raced there was in the 80s and there was just a lot of buzz leading up to this race. They were trying to make this the most showy, the most entertainment scene race and people were trying to say this is going to be better than the Super Bowl, like just trying to make this a really big deal. And because of that, the pageantry of it all was Truly wild, some might say out of control, certainly excessive. It was a $500 million setup for this race, and 
It all started with the opening ceremony where the drivers are on these huge platforms coming up from the ground, rising to the top of them. Many people commented that this reminded them of a lot of the Hunger Games. And just over the top, they had a ton of musical acts performed during this opening ceremony and just the most Vegas entertainment way they could make this. And one of the drivers, Max Verstappen, he said he felt like a clown standing up there at the opening ceremony. And basically until the actual race, you just keep hearing this sentiment from the drivers of this is a lot. This is too much. The focus is not on the actual sport. It's just on all this pageantry. And I would say Max Verstappen, who is the reigning world champ in F1, was definitely the most vocal about it. And so that's just kind of the overall vibe heading into this race. And the first opportunity for the drivers to actually get to drive on the track is free practice one. And there was a lot of excitement for this since none of the drivers had ever actually driven on this track. They had done all the simulations, but no one knew how the grip or anything would be. And this is a street race on the Las Vegas Strip as opposed to an actual racetrack. Only about the third of the races during the actual season are a street circuit like this. And the main story of the free practice one had to do with Ferrari driver Carlos Sainz. And in general, I think Ferrari is a little cursed. They are an iconic racing team with a lot of past success. And even Carlos was with another team before. And when the opportunity came to go to Ferrari, he was happy with his other team, but he was like, I just can't pass up an opportunity to go to Ferrari. And that's just kind of how it is. It's just so iconic. But I feel like in the past few years, they've just had bad luck. And even like last race with teammate Charles Leclerc, I talked about that. Just weird bad luck. And that kind of happened in this FP1. There was a loose drain cover on the track and Carlos runs over it. And the impact of running over this loose drain cover is bad for his car and there is major damage done to his car. And you can watch the moment he runs over it. And the impact is also like painful for him. It's pretty extreme for when you think that it's just like a drain cover. And this incident stops this practice early because now the track engineers need to go and fix this drain cover, but also go around the entire track and check all the drain covers. And I would say this incident creates two, quote, scandals, unquote, of this Grand Prix. This first one affecting Carlos directly. In F1, you are allowed a certain number of specific parts. So essentially, You can't rebuild the entire car every race. And so throughout the season, there are some parts you have a limit on. And you can use beyond that limit, but it comes with penalties. And since this is the second to last race of the season, people are probably on their last quantity of these items. And with Carlos's damage in his car being so bad, you can literally see through the floor of the car, he had to replace his energy store or the battery of the car. 
and since he didn't have any leftover for the season, he was penalized 10 grid positions for the race. And so this means, depending on where he qualifies, add 10 to that, and that's where he starts for the race. And when there are only 20 drivers, a 10-spot grid penalty is obviously huge. And so, understandably, Ferrari and Carlos were upset about this because it was completely out of his control. It was the track's fault. And not only did they have to work to fix the car, which is very expensive, and now Carlos also has this penalty. And so, that's one of the elements of the scandal, that Carlos has this penalty. And basically... Ferrari and Carlos are suffering because of something out of their control. But then the other part of this had to do with the fans who paid to attend this practice. And so this practice has started at 8.30 p.m. local time. It stops at 8.38. And they end up not starting this second practice until 2.30 a.m. And so in the meantime, fans are just sitting there waiting However, at 1.30 a.m., all the fans who are still just waiting there in the cold are told that they need to leave before it starts again because of labor laws. Essentially, the security workers can't work any longer, and so they can't staff the stands. And so all the fans are forced to leave, and these are people who spent hundreds of dollars to watch eight minutes of action and then have just been sitting in the cold waiting for hours for this to start again, and then they have to leave before it starts. And so the drivers end up doing this second practice to empty stands. No one is allowed to be there to watch. And because of all this, the fans from that night have now filed a class action lawsuit against the Las Vegas Grand Prix. And so I'm very interested to see how that plays out. And so this free practice one is the first actual sport component of this Grand Prix, and that's what happens. And so that is the foot that we are starting off going into the actual qualifying and race. And so in qualifying, Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz of Ferrari finish first and second. And so with Carlos's penalty, he now will start in 12th position. And everyone else moves forward. And so Max Verstappen of Red Bull is now in the second spot. George Russell of Mercedes in the third. Pierre Gasly of Alpine in fourth. And then in fifth and sixth, we have both of the Team Williams cars, Alex Albon and Logan Sargent. This is the team's best qualifying of the year, which was very exciting. They are definitely one of the lower tier teams. And Logan Sargent is the only American driver, and this is his best qualifying ever. And so that's a big deal for him to qualify so well at a race in his home country. And then Saturday night, we have the actual race. And after all this hate the Grand Prix got, the race ended up actually being a really fun and exciting race. There were a couple of really long sections of straights on the track, making for exciting passing and overtakes and at the start Max Verstappen quickly takes the lead from Charles but in doing so he kind of pushes Charles off the track and so that ends up being reviewed and Max gets a five second penalty added to his race for that and so that's kind of how the race starts and like I said it ended up being 
a really eventful race and I would love to dive into the whole thing more but that would take as long as the actual race and so I'm just going to do a quick synopsis of it here but it ends up being a really great race some interesting penalties end up happening and at the end of the race on the last lap we have Max still leading with his teammate Checo Perez in second and then Charles Leclerc in third and in the last section of the track Charles just goes for it and he passes Checo at the last second and Checo does not see it coming and Charles is able to hold it and finish in second place and then Checo in third and this was exciting for Charles because Charles currently has his bad run going of qualifying at first but then not winning the race. I believe this is his 12th time in a row that this has happened where he gets that pole position. He's qualifying starting first on the grid but he does not win. And so just another example of how it's hard to be a Ferrari fan. Their luck is just not with them. And overall this Las Vegas Grand Prix was a fun race to watch. It was new for everyone, limited data on everything essentially. And after all the craziest leading up to it, I think the track and the race itself ended up redeeming the whole Grand Prix. And I'm excited to see how this event will happen next year. If it will differ at all, will they kind of just lean into this is Vegas, this is entertainment? How will everything shift for next year's race? And we have the last race of the season this week in Abu Dhabi. And so for Americans, this will be a morning race, which I'm honestly very excited for after the Las Vegas night race. That was not for me to have to stay up so late for a race. So diving into the NFL this week, we are in week 11. On Thursday night, we started with division rivals in the AFC North playing the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. And I've mentioned the AFC North a couple times before in past episodes because they're currently the most competitive division. And with this game, Joe Burrow of the Bengals left the game and ends up being the season with an injury. And so we have had so many quarterback injuries this season. I kind of went into that last episode and now add the Bengals to that list. The Ravens end up winning the game, staying at the top of the AFC North, and then the two other teams in the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns, also played each other this week. And similar to the other Ohio team, the Browns had lost their quarterback, Deshaun Watson, for the season with an injury last week and so they had rookie quarterback DTR in and they ended up pulling out a close win. It was announced that quarterback Joe Flacco who is an older quarterback he had been with the Jets but most notably he's been with AFC North team the Ravens. He got added to the Browns roster yesterday and so we will see how the Browns use him the rest of the season. Now that they're going to have this more veteran quarterback in Flacco and then the rookie quarterback in DTR. And so I'm interested to see kind of how that goes. But these AFC North teams, they're tough teams and definitely ones to keep an eye out for. 
The other game I want to highlight was the Sunday night game, the Minnesota Vikings and the Denver Broncos. And I've talked a lot about what a great story the astronaut Josh Dobbs and the Vikings are, but this week I think the focus is on the Broncos. We have Russell Wilson at quarterback, who was husband to Sierra. He just joined the Broncos last year. And then the very notable Super Bowl winning coach, Sean Payton, who had come to the Broncos this year with the hope of turning them around because the Broncos did not perform well last year. The Broncos started off their season being one and five, so one win, five losses. And they have now truly turned it around. They are on a four-game winning streak and are currently 5-5. Five and five. And so I would not have expected this, but I also think it's a testament to just Sean Payton and Russell Wilson that they're able to bring this together and make it happen. Russell Wilson had some great plays yesterday. He's just one of those people that has an arm that can actually make these very deep, Hail Mary throws. And when he does it, you just get this glimmer of, all right, that's why Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. That's why he is so well regarded because of these moments where it feels like there's not hope. And then he just throws this beautiful, like 75 yard throw and gets a touchdown. And you're like, right, that's why he is who he is. And they just pulled out this exciting win over the Vikings. And circling back to that AFC North, the Cleveland Browns actually head to Denver next week to play the Broncos. And right now ESPN is saying the Browns have a 52% chance of winning and give the Broncos a 47% chance of winning. And if you had asked me to give percentages for this game earlier in the season, Close to 50-50 is not where I would have been. Tonight, we have that Super Bowl rematch of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. We are expected a Taylor Swift and family sighting at that game. And so expect to see about 10% of game coverage on Taylor Swift and her parents. And I touched on this game in my Friday episode, but... I'm excited to see if the Eagles can kind of get that rematch victory. Actually, on ESPN, they're giving Kansas City a 60% chance of winning, which surprises me. The Eagles have the better record. I think they've looked a lot more consistent, but again, I think playing in Kansas City is really challenging, and so we'll see how it plays out. In the NBA, we had those Friday in-season tournament games, and I've explained the in-season tournament before, and so I'll link that episode in the show notes where I dive into how that all works. Most of the games went as expected. We did have an upset with the Pelicans beating the Denver Nuggets, and my pick for the week with those games was the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns. On Friday with the in-tournament game, They had a really competitive close game. The Suns ended up winning by three points. And then the two teams got to play again on Sunday night, which was again competitive, even more competitive. It went into double overtime. And again, the Suns won by three points. 
And I think the Jazz are one of those teams that are better than their record. They are currently 4-9, and they are playing better than a 4-9 team. Getting to watch them play against a more experienced team with more stars like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns, the Jazz are just a much younger team. They have really talented players, but again, are just younger, but are really, really fun to watch because they don't give up. They stay in those games. They have a lot of talent. They have those moments of just great plays. And so I think they're definitely a team to watch. And we have a full slate of NBA games tonight, Monday night, the 20th, more of those in-season tournament games on Tuesday, and then again, a full slate of games on Wednesday. And back to more in-season tournament games on Friday. We're still in that group play round, and so definitely watch out for those games in the NBA. With this being Thanksgiving week, we also have Thanksgiving football games. It's rivalry week in college, and so on Thursday, your college game is Ole Miss versus Mississippi State. And then Friday, we have a good matchup of Oregon State and Oregon. Oregon just looks so, so good this year. And then Saturday, we have maybe the biggest matchup of them all of Ohio State and Michigan. Both teams are currently. 11-0, and so someone will get their first loss of the season. They're currently ranked 2-3 and in the country. A lot is happening with Michigan behind the scenes, and this is just one of the biggest rivalries in college, and so definitely a big game to watch on Saturday. In the NFL, we have three Thanksgiving games, the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. Division rivals in the NFC East, we have the Washington Commanders and the Dallas Cowboys. I would personally love an upset and for the Cowboys to lose. I think the coach of the Commanders, Ron Rivera, certainly needs a win after losing to the Giants this weekend. And so that would be a very exciting upset if it happened, but could also be a blowout. So who knows? And then we have the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks at night. We even have a Black Friday game in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. And with Thanksgiving, it's not only Thanksgiving, it is this big week in sports. And so a lot to be watching. I know I dived into a lot and covered a lot in this episode. And so I'm going to save my game day fits for Instagram. And so check those out on the sideline edit Instagram. It's just at sideline edit. And I hope you all have the happiest Thanksgiving. I am very grateful for each and every one of you and enjoy all the exciting games that this week brings. And I will see you next week. This has been a 58 Ember production. For more shows, please visit the 58 Ember channel, 58ember.com, or find us at 58 Ember Media on socials.